When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Chris Saylor Show. I'm Jerry Price. I'm joined by Princeton women's lacrosse coach Chris Saylor. And coach, welcome aboard. Thanks, Jerry. So coming off a 15-6 win over Villanova in the game on Tuesday night and looking ahead to the trip to Dartmouth on Saturday, but let's talk a little bit about where your team was coming out of the game or going into the game Tuesday and then coming out of it. And I mean, I looked this up, and you had lost two in a row. The last time you lost three in a row was 2010. And then before that was two, uh, 2003. And three games in a row is not a lot of games. So to have that level of consistency is pretty remarkable. Um, were you aware of the fact that it had been so long since you had a three-game losing streak? And do you remember the three-game losing streak in 2003 because you beat two oh, of those Oh, absolutely. Teams? I remember the three-game losing streak in 2003 because I think we were one and three at the time. And uh, the mantle of being the defending national champion was now lifted from us. We just had to figure out what kind of team we were going to be. So I definitely remember those. And, and you, 2010, that was a tough year for us. So it doesn't surprise me when you mention those those two year those two years, but I hadn't realized that those were the only times in recent history. So if you go back to oh three, uh, and I didn't look before then, but I can't imagine there were too many before. There certainly wasn't one in oh two. But going back to oh three, uh losses early in the season to uh Loyola and Virginia, which were the two teams that you beat in the final four to win mm-hmm. the national championship mm-hmm. that year. So Yeah. Um but let's go back to where you were after the two-game losing streak and then having to sit on it for six days, not playing on Saturday again and having it be 70 degrees on that Saturday. And then um, coming into the game Tuesday night, uh, appeared you guys were ready to play. Yeah, absolutely we were uh, ready to play. It's, it's uh, To be honest, it's nice to have those stretches of time where you do have – four or five days of practice where you can really focus on yourself. We're about to enter a, a time period where we've got two games a week for three weeks in a row, and it's going to be you know prep for game, prep for game, prep for game. You're scouting both days. Um, so you know it's nice to have that time before we hit the stretch to really work on ourselves. 
And what was it like before the game to see uh, Julie Shaner Young on the field with her two daughters? It was great. I had so much, uh, you know, I really enjoyed uh, being able to spend some good time with uh, Shaner before the game and her two kids who were there. They were they were so cute. Uh, little Sydney actually came into the head coach and officials meeting with us. And I saw that. she was just so happy about that. I told Shaner after the game that, uh, you know, because now it was 930 or whatever and, and obviously Villanova had lost and she introduced me to her, and she was like, you know. And I was like, she looked a lot more happy and energetic before the game started. Yeah, I think they had uh, fun, though. Shaner took him up to the soccer field and showed him around a little bit. So, um, And I got to brag on Shaner to her two kids and tell them how great she was and how many records she still you know, owns here at Princeton. So the game itself took 14 seconds to get a goal. That from Catherine Hallett. 2-2, so it wasn't a blowout, but after that, just a really steady, solid performance, and the losing streak went 15-6. Uh, what, what's your takeaway? Uh, takeaway was, you know, I it was a great game for us um, to get ready for what we have lying ahead. Um, I was really pleased with our ride. I thought we were relentless in our pressure um, in defensive transition. We caused 22 turnovers in that game, which I don't know that we keep track of these things, but in my mind, that hasn't happened in a long time. I mean, that's really unusual. And I was I was the one actually entering all the stats, and when you're entering stats, you're not really paying attention. You're just Mostly you're just focused to make sure you got the right number. So, like, uh, was that 15 or 14, or in your case, was it 6 or 8 or 5 because yeah. all your numbers look the same. Um, <laughs> but you're not really paying that close attention to the numbers, and you get to the end. This happens all the time. You get to the end of the game, and you're like, oh, I didn't even realize that. And when I saw 22 cost turnovers, I was thinking to myself, were, were we giving too many cost turnovers? But we weren't, and we were just entering them. Well, it, it was, you know, really was a great effort from our attackers and our midfielders on the ride. And then our defenders took some incredible risks with really well-timed um, interceptions and uh, some stick checks that were really good. And the attackers were just relentless in the ride. I mean, Kyla, Tess, George, they, uh, Allie, they really went after Villanova hard and, and forced them into a lot of errors. March Donovan had four cost turnovers. She has a ton of cost turnovers. Yeah. Um, Four ground balls leads the team in both, but really, you mentioned it wasn't just defenders. It was, and the other thing is, I think there were 22 cost turnovers. I didn't count this up. There had to be maybe 10 or 11 different players who had one at least, and about seven who had at least two. Yeah, it was pretty well split, I think, between the ride and um, you know the settled defense in terms of the cost turnovers. Uh, and our goal was to cause at least five turnovers on our ride in their in their clears before they could get into settled and and uh, we did a great job in in that regard so Catherine Howard had three points that gives her 99 for her career I was kind of hoping she would have gotten to 100 at home oh wow um, she, well let's hope she doesn't get to 100 at home let's hope she gets that Saturday well, up I was at Dartmouth hoping that she would get it last <laughs> night or in the game against Villanova um, when you recruited her did you see her being a hundred point scorer uh, well, we knew she was going to be just a feisty competitor. Um, she started coming to our camps as a seventh grader, and we got to see her then, and we just thought she was going to be a special kid. Both both Hallett and Izzy Mengen were kids who came to our camp as, as young kids who we identified as you know, uh, kids that we wanted to keep an eye on and potentially recruit for Princeton. And um, Hallett is just fast as lightning. You know, sometimes you wish there was a little bit of a switch where you could take it down just a notch. Um, but she just plays all out all the time. She's an emotional player. 
Um, she goes after it, and she's just really hard to stop because of her speed and explosiveness. And then uh, good games from a lot of other people. Kyla Sears had a good night. Uh, yeah. Elizabeth George had a good night. Yeah. I, mean, I don't want to leave anybody out, but basically everybody who played had a good night. One thing is Shannon Berry with her first career goal. Yeah, that was really nice to see. And we've been talking to Shannon because, you know, playing zones, which seems to be what we're playing most of the time this season, which is really new for us. I was going to get to that in a minute. Yeah, earlier on. You know, it really was Kyla and George and Tess DeOrsi who were doing all of our scoring, and that's who we were looking for. And, you know, we just really made it clear that we're not going to beat these seven-person zones if we're only involving three kids and that everybody on the perimeter had to be a threat and look for opportunities to dodge and cut and um, get good shots off. And so Shannon is a kid who had kind of sat back before, and she might be open, but she'd get the ball and she'd just pass it away. And so... I was really pleased to see that she took that advice to heart and, um, you know, she went strong to goal and she capitalized on her opportunity. She also had a cause turnover in the game. No, she had two cause turnovers in the game. Uh, Two things, uh, rules related. One is, and I mentioned this to you before, but I cannot stand the fact that when you get a yellow card, whether it's uh, for you or against you, you now have a two-minute advantage, but a... 90-second shot clock. I, I know. That. We've talked about that. It really doesn't make a whole lot of – it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That might be something that they look that they look to change. And the other thing is zones. Like, it, it seems to me that there was – I can't remember people playing zone in women's lacrosse ever, and now all of a sudden it seems like there's a lot of them. It was much more rare. I mean, last year we, might, we've played, we played a few zones, but most all of the top teams played a man except for maybe Stony Brook and – one or two others, and this year you just see a whole lot more zone defenses. And in some ways it does, you know, I think if if you're concerned about the level of your um, defenders, their ability to handle great attackers one-on-one or with a slide, um, it's a good way to kind of slow other teams down and clog the middle a little bit more and take teams out of um, their normal offense. You know, you, you can't – you can't script things against a zone the same way you can script things against a man. And you can't come in with, you know, all of these set plays. You really do have to, I mean, you have principles, obviously, and you might have sets that you're working off of, but you really do have to read and see what's open. Um, and it's it's challenging for the attack. Well, the other thing that's challenging, to me at least, and I could be way wrong about this, but if you look at basketball when you play zone, the way you beat a zone is you shoot over it. Right. Or in men's lacrosse, if the other team plays a zone, you have somebody from 15 yards out who rip shots. In women's lacrosse, you have to get to the goal to score. Yeah, which is true. I mean, but, the, the, but the other thing is, like, if I'm playing zone, how is it every time somebody drives not shooting space? Well, that that's what I was going to say. That is something that you'll see. We can't shoot from the outside necessarily. If there are defend, we can. If there are no defenders in the way, but if they are, then you just have to pump and and try and get that shooting space call. So it's all about the angle at which they approach, and if the zone is moving when the ball's in the air, you know how far away from you as that defender when you catch it and you're looking to shoot. But you'll often see a lot of eight-meter shots when you play. Yeah, there were a lot of them. Um, One other thing from the game against Villanova, and not specifically to the game, but your team was featured in the NCAA lacrosse Instagram takeover. Did you see any? Are you an Instagram person? Uh, Yeah, I am an Instagram person. And so Team Mio, we kind of watched what they had put up um, during the day. Yeah, I thought they did a lot of good stuff with it. It was fun to see. And, you know, I think it's good because it's an extra layer of exposure that they control. So, uh, you know, if... uh, I thought, I guess Allie Rogers was, was in charge of it. Yeah. And I thought she did a very good job and, you know, uh, really made the team look good on the NCAA's Instagram. Yeah, she did. 
So now having turned the page on that, you have a short turnaround and a long bus ride. And it's all the way up to Hanover. And you're playing a team there that's hot. They've won six in a row, Dartmouth. Mm -hmm. 3-0 in the league. This game is the top two offenses, scoring offenses in the Ivy League right now. What's your sense on this one? Well, um, again, Dartmouth's going to play us in his own. And, uh, you know, so we've got to be ready for that. I think last year we had a lot of good looks against them, but their goalie was really hot against us. Um, so we're going to have to, you know, I'm glad we had Villanova leading up to this game because I, I think we sorted out a few things and we became much more threatening as an entire ta attacking unit against a, a zone defense. Um, they're also very good on the draw. They have a kid who's pretty special at that. Um, we did well last year overall against them in the draw. Um, but she tends to control the draws against most people. Um, and their attack, I mean, their attack, they have some great one-on-one -on -one Dodgers, and they really do set up a lot of isolation. So we're going to have to play our best um, to beat Dartmouth. I'm sure it's going to be an incredibly competitive game up there, um, and it's going to be a big challenge for us, but we're excited for it. So the quick turnaround from that game, is there anything that goes into that? that uh, uh, well, it was, it was nice today. I mean, since we have been practicing um, since last Friday, today is an off day for the team, so they get a chance to just um, you know, recover from the game last night, get a little uh, jogging, get a nice stretch and, and a rollout, maybe get into the training room. And then tomorrow and Friday, we'll practice here before we go up on Friday. Um, and we'll really, usually two days out, we work our defense and get ready for their offense. And then Friday, we'll focus on our attack against what we plan to see from, from Dartmouth. It's only your second overnight bus trip. So you've had um, well, we had the flight. We had but all that time. Like, yeah, the, but the, then we the, had like four or five, four right, days in Florida. this is a little bit of a different thing. So you yeah. had the trip to Virginia, and it's mm -hmm. a fairly similar length. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's pluses and minuses with that, but it's a, it is a long bus ride up to Dartmouth. But um, it's kind of interesting that it's only the second time this year that you're actually getting on the bus, driving to a school on a Friday to play on Saturday, and then drive back afterwards. Yeah, we'll have a few more of those coming up because we've got Yale on the road, and then we have Cornell, Cornell. on the road. It just has turned out that – most of those away games have fallen in the month of April. And so you had played, I think off the top of my head, three games in 23 days prior to the Villanova game, and now it's seven games in 25 days. So obviously it gets really busy here. Uh, it does. And the league is going to sort itself out relatively quickly. It will. And, and that's the way it tends to happen, at least the way the schedules in the Ivy League have been in the last few years. That This stretch of time in April, these three weeks, are when – you know, everything gets ironed out. You find out who your champions are going to be, your champion's going to be, you find out who your, um, you know, your top four are going to be. And so all of these games are just incredibly competitive as teams are putting it all on the line. I think that's been one inc incredible change that's come with the Ivy League tournament. It used to be if you lost, you know, two games early, um, you were done, and sometimes even one game, and you had no shot of winning the Ivy Championship. Realistically, you had no shot. Um, you, you rarely get a, a, a champion who's lost two games, let alone three games. And so, um, you know, now battling for four teams in the tournament, most every team has a chance to make that. And it's just made the game so much more exciting and competitive all the way down to the wire. And the thing I like about the tournament is um – like you said, if you lose an early game, it gives you a chance to come back. But the thing I really uh, I like about the Ivy League tournament is that it's a single round rob. It's not like you play everybody twice. It's right. one time through. And uh, when you get those four teams that have emerged out of that, it, it, it's a little, you know, 
I feel like it's a, a good opportunity for the teams that improve as the year goes along to, to, you know, to be doing that, to be playing their best at the right time. Absolutely. So it's the game at Dartmouth, 1 o'clock? A 1 o'clock start, yeah. 1 o'clock in Hanover. If you're going to be in the Hanover area, stop by. And if uh, not, you can watch the game on ESPN+. Plus. And we'll be back next week to talk about that. And then looking ahead as the final uh, non-league game of the year is a week from, or is this coming Wednesday against Loyola. And then I believe it's Yale after that? Yes. So, oh, uh, no, Harvard at home on Harvard the 13th. Harvard at home, okay. Yeah. And that's the 25th anniversary of the 94 team. So we will have all kinds of things to talk about next week. We will. So, Coach Saylor, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Jerry. So for Princeton women's lacrosse coach Chris Saylor, I'm Jerry Price. Thank you for being with us here each week on her podcast. And thank you for your continued support of Princeton women's lacrosse. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.